Joseph sat on a crude bench deep within the walls of an ancient Egyptian prison. Deepin thought he was trying to make sense out of his situation. What went wrong? Where did he take a wrong turn? He started off as his dad's favorite son, and now he's in prison? Why did God let this happen? From his youth, Joseph was a strong believer in God. He experienced dreams that he was convinced were inspired by God. But after blow after blow, his life had been reduced to living as an outcast in a foreign land. Joseph's mind flashed back to the traumatic experience of being tackled and tied up and thrown into a cistern by his own brothers. He would never forget the feeling of helplessness and horror when his own brothers hauled him out of the pit and helped to chain him like an animal to the back of a trade caravan. The following years were not much kinder to Joseph. His new boss's promiscuous wife falsely accused him of rape after he resisted her unwanted advances. <laughs> now he's paying for his good moral behavior and integrity while she continued to enjoy a life of wanton luxury. But finally, everything changed for Joseph when God gave him the interpretations of dreams of two people who were very close to the most powerful man on the planet, Pharaoh. Joseph hoped one of them would mention his situation to somebody who could help, but it had been months and he still had not heard anything from anyone. The loneliness and the silence were suffocating. The abandonment chipped away at his self-esteem. It was difficult to resist the temptation to curse God, abandon his faith, or become bitter at his brothers and the people who locked him away. And yet Joseph still sat there on that crude prison bench, overlooked and forgotten. He was only a short distance away from Pharaoh's throne room. But people saw no value or potential in this prisoner from Palestine. Well, that's not altogether true. God did. God saw Joseph in a very different light. God saw a young man who was learning how to trust and learning to trust. God saw a leader whose character was being developed. He was developing. And God saw a man who would help preserve and save God's own people. I'm so glad God looks out for those who are overlooked. And we're going to learn a whole lot more about that right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast. Brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. My name is L.J. Harry. I am happily your host on this God's Word for Life companion podcast. If you were in church or small group this past weekend and you heard this lesson, this podcast is the companion to that lesson. And we are looking today at Mark chapter 10, verse 14. Our episode is called Looking for the Overlooked. And Mark 10, 14 reads, But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. I'm so glad God looks for the overlooked. Of all the people in the world who are overlooked, children are often near the top of the list. They don't bring home paychecks. They're not heads of households. They're small in stature. They don't always understand or communicate what they need. So in this episode, we're going to discuss some overlooked children, and we're going to let their predicament represent many other people groups who are easily overlooked. Perhaps we've all heard the saying, children are to be seen but not heard. 
Many of us remember as a child not feeling as important as those older than we were. Maybe you remember not being able to sit at the adult's table, but having to sit at the kid's table during Thanksgiving. And the kid's table was just a board with a couple buckets over there where you could sit on that and have your turkey and stuffing. Sometimes the adults shooed the kids away when they were talking about grown-up matters and they didn't want the children to hear and, and listen to what they were saying. Sometimes children are seen as unimportant. Even the disciples of Jesus made this very mistake. Mark 10 verse 13 tells us that they brought young children to him that he should touch them, but Jesus' disciples rebuked those that brought them. My heart goes out to the kids who are being shooed away from the presence of Jesus. I certainly hope they didn't think Jesus felt that way about them. So what does it feel like to be dismissed or to be ignored? And to be honest, as adults, it's pretty easy to relate to how the disciples felt. We have adult projects to do, and it can seem like children are just obstacles or getting in the way. They don't have the experience adults have. They don't have the skills. They don't have the attention span. And many times they don't grasp the importance of what we're trying to do. It's, it's tempting just to ask them, would you move out of the way so I can get some things done? The truth is, training and, and including children in our lives, it is time-consuming, and it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. It may be inconvenient, and it requires a lot of patience, but it's worth it. Once children are properly trained and become part of productive society, they will carry their own weight and then some. But the disciples were so focused on their goals that they failed to see the big picture, the long-term picture, which is an error we can all make. We can overlook the littles, the children, in all of our attempt to try to get adult things done. Children can often internalize that feeling and that message. They could consider themselves unimportant, unvalued. It's like the person standing on the playground waiting to be picked for a team. If you remember what that was like, oh, that was terrible. That was traumatic. As team captains were choosing all of their teams and they were picking the ones who were fastest and strongest and could catch the most or could throw the hardest. And then there's the last little guy or gal just standing there along the fence trying to keep their shoes tied. If you've ever been the last untalented pick, you know what that feels like. Since adults can sometimes see children as unimportant, mistakenly, children internalize that. They consider themselves that way. But God is not like us. I'm so glad. He sees value in people sometimes we cannot see. God is like the professional scout who looks past all the fluff to find the athlete with talent and discipline. God is like the antique dealer who scratches through layers of paint and assesses the value or the potential value of an item based on how it was made or from the material it was made. Our world seems to overlook people with the best hearts and greatest character. Society seems to be attracted to the noisy, the talented, the pushy, but a good pastor, a good teacher, a good parent will look past all of that, all the talent and personality, to see the value of a sincere soul, just like Jesus does. Jesus went out of his way to reach those who were overlooked. He changed his entire itinerary just to visit a well to minister to a Samaritan woman who had been married five times and living with her boyfriend. The result? She later became an effective witness. Jesus risked his reputation by eating with Zacchaeus, that off-scour of the earth tax collector. Oh. Jesus healed and touched lepers to make them clean, but not just to heal them, but to validate them. He even made a special trip to deliver a man who was so mentally unstable he lived in a graveyard. Jesus was living out what the psalmist described 
in the 146th Psalm, happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help. His hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth and sea and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners, the Lord openeth the eyes of the blind, the Lord raiseth them that are bowed down, the Lord loveth the righteous, the Lord preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless and widows, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. Psalm 146, verses 5 through 9. Why do we sometimes treat people differently when they appear to be homeless or poor or physically challenged or they face some other difficulty? Why do we do that? Is it possible we might see them as unimportant? And if so, God help us to see them as a soul who was created in the image of God and one for whom Christ died. Let's see people through the eyes of Jesus. When Jesus began his ministry, he picked what some scholars believe to be just a group of teenage boys from fishing villages to help him change the world. Let's not discount the possibility of those the world overlooks and let us see them as valuable just because God does. God used the young, the uncultured, the inexperienced just to do his work. He did not build his ministry by headhunting. He didn't go to Jerusalem or Rome in search of talent. He didn't scout the great schools or the exclusive families of his day to ensure his team would succeed and they would win. No, he chose good hearts and sincere people and he trained them to be world changers. And then he, as he left the earth, he encouraged his followers to continue what he was doing. Now, How about you? Tell us about a time when somebody saw potential in you or they took the time to encourage you to pursue God's will for your life. And what did that mean for you? Jesus' compassion was especially on display by the way he treated children. In Mark 10, when Jesus noticed his disciples turning children away, he was greatly displeased and he said to them, let the little children come to me and don't forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And Jesus took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Mark 10, verses 14 through 16. When Jesus ministered to children, he was planting seeds and giving young souls an opportunity to be a part of his eternal kingdom. We would be very wise to minister as Jesus did. He was willing and ready to minister to anybody and everybody. He broke racial barriers, gender barriers, class barriers, age barriers. He loved everyone. In our story, Jesus warned, if we don't receive the kingdom of God as a little child, we won't get in. Children tend to be more trusting, less opinionated than adults, often more willing to jump in and try something new. They seem to be a little more open-minded when it comes to believing in the miraculous. For some reason, adults learn to curb these attributes and sometimes caution. Yeah, sure, it's an order, but when it comes to our relationship with our Heavenly Father, we must risk trusting and hoping he knows what's best for us. As we're careful not to overlook others, we should pause and consider God does not overlook us. God may be calling some of us who are listening to this episode to climb into his arms and let him love us again. Know how gracious Jesus was to the outcasts, the overlooked, the children, and have confidence that he wants to minister to us just the same. So in order to make sure we don't hold God at arm's length and forfeit what he has for us, let's approach him intentionally, deliberately, 
like a trusting child. Here's a question. What are some accusations the enemy might use to convince believers that we are unworthy of God's love? And how do we counter those accusations? These little children who approached Jesus had the unique privilege of having God incarnate put his hands on them. He imparted blessings to them. What an incredible experience that must have been. And Jesus still does this today. Only he uses his body, the church, to do this. God blesses people when we allow him to let faith and healing and power flow through us to those for whom we pray and on those whom we lay our hands. Churches who operate in apostolic authority bless those who come to their services. People who are privileged to grow up in the church learn at a young age to pray, to teach, to lay hands on the sick. We should all be forever grateful for parents and friends and Sunday school teachers, youth pastors, pastors, Bible school instructors who have put their hands on our heads and prayed for us throughout the years. They were being very intentional not to overlook anybody, including us. As believers who know Jesus Christ and his love on a personal basis, we have the wonderful opportunity to minister to people who feel unimportant and overlooked. We can speak faith into their lives. We can train those who have a heart to minister. We can comfort those who are struggling. We should consider it a privilege and a blessing to minister just like Jesus did. But first, we must be sensitive to the plight of those who are around us. To do that, let's take a quick look at Jesus' mission statement. When he was in the synagogue of his hometown of Nazareth, Jesus read a passage from Isaiah and then declared it was being fulfilled through him right there that day. And it perfectly summarizes exactly what we've been hearing. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. Each of us who choose to embrace Jesus' mission will experience the abundant life he promised, as he uses us to bless the lives of those who are all too often forgotten and overlooked. One more question. Who are some overlooked people God is stirring you to reach out to? What has come to your mind? Who has come to your mind as you've listened to this? And what can we do to fulfill Jesus' mission in their lives? Okay, we're going to wrap this up. The senior pastor sat on the platform marveling at the words of faith and wisdom flowing from a young man who stood at the pulpit. God's anointing was apparent, very powerful. The preacher was articulate and compassionate. The principles he was skillfully declaring were biblically solid. It was one of those moments when the pastor felt like there is a God and everything is right in the universe. As the young man continued to minister, The pastor's mind flashed back to the day 20 years before when he had first taken the reins at this small country church. The young man who now waxed eloquent of the pulpit was just barely out of toddlerhood at the time. Back in the day, nobody expected that child to teach a class or even take out the garbage. But they continued providing weekly classes and they enjoyed watching him play with the other church kids. About that time, the 
young preacher stepped down from the altar steps to emphasize the final point in his sermon, and then the pastor snapped back to that sermon he was preaching and finishing. That moment, the pastor appreciated the fact that the sermon being preached was the fruit of a thousand sermons and hundreds of Sunday school lessons and youth classes that had nurtured and developed this young preacher into a man of God. And further, this conscientious care of the church had protected the young man just as his new wife had been protected 50 miles away in another church who also understood the value of children. And now together, these two church kids were married and leading a youth group of their own. A few minutes later, the young man asked for everybody to join him in the altar and people of every age, every ethnicity, every background, they made their way to the front and allowed God to minister to them and through them to others. Nobody was overlooked. Nobody was unimportant. Everybody was valuable. And it doesn't get any better than that. The joy and satisfaction of seeing someone, you or somebody else in the church has mentored doing the work of God, that brings incredible joy and inspires us to love and nurture somebody else. Not everybody will have this exact story, but God will use us to find another child or another overlooked person to inspire to give his or her life to God so he can make that person fruitful in his kingdom, just as he has made so many others. Thank God he looks for the overlooked. If you feel overlooked today, let me encourage you and let you know God knows exactly who you are and where you are, and He sees you. What an awesome God we serve. Let's pray that the Lord would help you to see the value He sees in you, and then also help each of us to see the value in others and minister to them and not overlook anybody, but minister to all, just as Jesus has ministered to us. Lord God, we love you today. Thank you for looking out for us and knowing who we are and where we are. Thank you for not overlooking us. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing us exactly where we are. Help us to see the value you see in us, to use us, Lord Jesus, for your glory. And I do pray, help us to see the value in others. Help us to see people as those created in your image, called to bear your image. Lord, souls for whom you died. I pray today, Jesus, use us for your glory and help us tomorrow, today, the next day, whenever. Help us to see those who are overlooked and pay attention to them and let them know you love them, we love them. And I pray, at least in our world, nobody would feel or be overlooked. I ask you to help us to see through your eyes, Jesus. We give thanks and praise, great praise to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God's Word for Life listeners, be sure to head over to PentecostalPublishing.com and get some great resources there. Also, click on subscribe and share, and you'll never miss an episode, and neither will anybody you care about and love. In fact, those you do not overlook can be a part of this great podcast and can grow closer to Jesus in their devotion and their walk with Him. Next week, we continue in this series called Loving the Unloved. And our next episode is called The Hands of Jesus. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, 
visit us today at pentecostalpublishing.com.